Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. Go. And you're only as good as the podcast that you listen to, so you must be the best. This is the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Did that, that sounded really loud. Yes. I was trying to come Whoa. on strong to make people feel energy. This is Jerry. How do you feel energy? And that's Gobby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Optimus Prime. And this is your favorite. Prime Day. Enrique. I am Optimus Prime. Get a free gift card. Autobots engage. When you order through Prime. Transformers roll out. That's actually really good. Thank you. I saw the guy's face who does the Optimus Prime voice because I was working on impressions. I've been watching a lot of YouTube. Oh, this is the Board Game Style podcast. Send us an email at boardgamestyles at gmail.com. Just send us emails uh, or I'll, give them to us. I was interested, interested in hearing people do impressions. And... It fascinates me that that's not just a natural process. That's something that you have to work on. Yes. Like, you can actually learn to do these voices. Well, oh yeah. Over time. Some of them are natural, but some, like, uh, there's some people that are really good. Like the Morgan Freeman. Like, this guy was talking about how he was the Morgan <laughs> Freeman. And he well, was, I think you you kind of have to have a voice that lends itself to certain accents you, or uh, uh, impressions. You can't do them all. No, but some of them are, like, so very varied. Like, how do you do a Morgan Freeman but then go to, like, a... Um, this guy did, like, all uh, the Lord of the Rings characters, every single one of them. And uh, he could who, do Morgan Freeman. What? Bilbo Baggins? Well, they're all distinct, I'm assuming. They're all little British people, little hobbits. I'm mean, did I for hobbits? I did British people. Is I that what you're implying? I, did, I implied that. I did not mean to because I know I know the British people. I know, aka Dan Hughes. He's a big man. He is not a hobbit. His ben? feet. His feet might be hairy. Ben is. Ben might be a hobbit. How tall is Ben? No idea. Does height indicate whether or not you're a hobbit? They're short. I think no. Are hobbits a race? Yes. Yeah. So then you'd have to be of Hobbit heritage. I know nothing about Hobbits. I don't know. Lord of the Rings. I know they have large hairy feet and they're short. You could be a Hobbit, Enrique. I could if I was like a couple inches You could be a Hispanic Hobbit. Enrique, can you do any impressions? I cannot. You can't even. Can you do an impression? I'll tell you why I can't because I've never watched any of Lord of the Rings. No, no, any impressions at all. <laughs> oh no, do no you, of anybody. Do you do oh, ever anyone? Bill no, Clinton never tried any impressions. I in my did life. not have sexual relations with that, with that woman. woman. I really like McDonald's fries. I play the saxophone. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? I do. You do. I play the saxophone. Monica. Monica. Mm. Monica. 
That's Ja Rule doing Bill Clinton and Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> that's the best. Oh, that's what you should do. You should be impersonating somebody else impersonating somebody else. This is Ja Rule doing Bill Clinton. This is Christopher Walken wow. doing literally everybody. Arnold Schwarzenegger doing Sean Connery. Oh. Ah. Uh, Sorry, that hit me where I live. That was good. That was good. I didn't get to it. No, because it was perfect already. Because he would just have so much difficulty trying to do it, too. Got burn. Burn. This is Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> What's a famous line? Most, most things in here don't react well to bullets. What was that? That's Arnold doing John Connery. Oh, Do God. you think that? Um, I, I am the last one. <laughs> It gets me when I see these movies and they talk about who almost was these characters. Mm-hmm. Like Will Smith was almost Neo? Yes. Oh, no. And Back to the Future, they had that one guy that they shot most of the movie <laughs> Yeah. With, and then I can't remember his name. Whereas, Eric something? Yeah, and Christian says that Back to the Future doesn't hold up, but Hot Rod does. Christian's opinion is trash. Um, literally, everyone disagrees with you. Yeah, literally the world. Uh, I, I just think it's interesting when you think about how close we are with movies that we love. Like, Harrison Ford has literally been... You said literally several times this episode. So many movies where he was the... Uh, somebody else was almost cast as Han Solo, weren't they? Yeah, he's like, yeah, it was Kurt Russell. Oh, wow, I think he might be right. He was the titular character in so many films. Kurt Russell's films. good, too. That would have been interesting. That would have been amazing to see Kurt Russell be Han Solo. But at the same time, do you think it would have been as as iconic? Like, would it have been the no, same? No, it would have been more comedic. Uh, Kurt has like that. Kurt has the swagger, but he's also very comedic. Kurt is good. I love Kurt Russell. I love him. Harrison Ford, though. Your top five man crushes. Kurt Russell. Russell Crowe. <gasps> Russell Crowe. Harrison Ford. I'm going all over I'm, here. I have not found anything I disagree with you so far. Man, I love Leonardo DiCaprio. I just love that man. <sighs> He's good. He's good. I know um, I wouldn't admit this, but I'm going to. Jake Gyllenhaal. Is it Gillen or Gillen? I don't care. It can be whatever he asks Gillen. me. He Whatever he wants it to be. That man is a fabulous actor. Um, just, I don't disagree. I just don't know of many movies of his. I know, but he has just what he's in. He's kind of like, you know how people make certain actors out to be more than what they are. Like I don't know James Franco. Oh, uh, there are ones. I prefer Dave. Dave Franco. Yes. Uh, from now you see me, now you don't. Yes. Or. Now you see me. Now you see me too. <laughs> Whatever it yes. was. Yes. Stupid. Uh, yeah, Dave. Well, you know what? I, I'll 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 go you one step further. One of my favorite films. It is a western starring Brad Pitt and Ben Affleck's brother, Casey Affleck. I love Casey. When we're talking about brothers, Casey Affleck is a much better actor. Uh, the assassination 
of Jesse James by the Coward of John Ford is an amazing film. Absolutely slow burn. It's got who's the main guy in that? Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Okay. Brad Pitt, Casey Affleck, Jeremy Reiner. <laughs> How do you say his name? Reiner or Renner? Renner. The guy who's a, guy. he's the hot guy. He's the arrow shooting dude. It's also got Hawkeye, not hot guy. Hot guy. He is hot. Do you, no. no, no. Answer me this, Jamie Reiner. <laughs> Jamie Reiner. Go is, ahead. Is he hot? No. By no means is Enrique. he attractive to me. Jamie Reiner. Jamie Reiner. I can't place the face. He's right. Hawkeye. Hawkeye from oh, Avengers. Yeah. No. He's hot. Bro. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, bro. No, yeah. he is not. Uh-uh. Uh, he's not. He's no Captain America. Yeah, Captain America. America. Oh, America. Man Crush. Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Yeah. Love I that love guy. I love that man. And I don't watch any Marvel. I just know him from Knives Out. And I fell in love Knives with him. Knives Out. He made a... Uh, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. He pierced Snowpiercer? my heart. He pierced my heart. <laughs> your heart was cold as snow and he pierced it. Shot through the heart. <laughs> and you're to blame. You give love. A bad name. I take my heart and my soul. If you could do a karaoke song that you think you could nail, what would it be? If I could sing a karaoke song. If you were to sing a karaoke song, what would it be? Uh, if I could play and sing a song. No, not play. Just sing. If I could play and sing a song because it required me to play it okay. at the same time. One of the songs to me. That I every time I hear it, I'm shocked by it, and it is actually a rendition. It's it's a cover by Simon and Garfunkel. It's done by Disturbed. Oh yeah, the the silence. S- silence. That is something. As the sound of silence. That is an amazing song. That to me, every time I hear it, I don't know what it does, but it does that tingling thing that the ASMR stuff must do to oh, weirdos. I'm in. Mm. Uh, I might. Go ahead. But strangely, no, strangely enough, you have a good singing voice. Like, <laughs> stop. You know, no, you do. Like, I've heard you do uh, Pearl Jam and karaoke stuff. I have. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Oh, Jerry. You just complimented me. I don't know what to do with this. Well, like, like my wife. I don't know that you've ever complimented me my wife, ever in my life. Um, my wife, plays, rare, my wife plays the piano and sings. Uh-huh. And I remember I had you on rec- recording one time singing karaoke. Like, it was a Pearl Jam song. Yeah, you were singing. Uh, what was that? Pearl Jam song. Yellow Ledbetter? Yes, or... he was singing Yellow Ledbetter. And I showed that to my wife, and she's like, he can sing. I was like, I really think so. Like, but see, the thing is, I can't actually, like, I can put on a voice to kind of sound somewhat like the person trying to say. One of my go-tos, and I'm going to show it to you. I may even sing it, since Just we're sing on mic. But do not play any music, because you've got no, us but, kicked but off of Facebook. What if it's karaoke, though? That's no, not copyrighted. No, no, you can sing it, but don't play the music, because you keep getting us kicked off but YouTube and Facebook. We, we, they kick us off of one country. They kicked us off New, New Zealand. Zealand. New Zealand. Just for, because a minute work. Those Kiwis. I'll tell you what. Uh, where do they ki- get wait off? A minute, is Kiwi a slang? That's derogatory. Enrique, Michael Langford stop called... Stop saying people Kiwis. What? Bogans. Wait, when did I start saying Kiwis? Bogans. Hold on, I'm fixing a thing for you. Okay, Ca- pause. Okay, uh, you, you, and you're correct because I, I I need to make some. Oh, this is going to be a completely disastrous or fantastic. Deep breaths. Wait, Deep wait. breaths. Get the sound just right, ladies and gentlemen. Gabi Maraga. Hello, hello, wait, hello, hello, hello. hello, hello. I need. I it's, it's called, called reverb. reverb. Oh no, I need more snare in my headphones. <laughs> there we go. 
Raiden's Clearwater. Beautiful. Okay. That was, I don't know, that cut out some. I don't know. Yeah. It, you redlined. No, I, I redlined think, it? I think our, our headsets just. The headsets like, bad. The headsets yeah. went bad. That's, it was be- moving. You would. I almost cried. What? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Oh. Were you crying, Enrique? No, I wasn't crying. Have you ever cried? Uh, in a fakey way, yes. In a fakey no, way? Why would you fake cry? Emotional. Has something broke your heart? Have your eyes ever seen the rain? Do you remember that time that you accidentally deleted your Fortnite account? <laughs> like um, that type of no, cry. Your puppy no. account got hacked. No. Oh, God. You thought you had Cheetos, but you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, may, I may have cried on that what one, makes we won't discuss that. What, what makes you cry? Oh, I thought I had Cheetos! <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing but Enrique, you get way you got way too loud on that one. I'm sorry, you blew my ear. I blew your eardrums out. My go-to song for karaoke is though. Have you ever seen the rain? Really? That or uh, Guns and Roses? Save it for next podcast. You can do Guns and Roses on the next one. We don't want to blow the fans away. Uh, you are a married man. I, we don't I, want I enough getting... emails of people. You know, trying McAfee. To... I, you're dead. I don't need your virus anymore. R.I.P. Yeah, McAfee. <laughs> McAfee keeps. John is dead. Like literally, I've got like all these. Stuff. McAfee will protect you. Like no, I don't need it. You can't even protect yourself. <laughs> oh, that was dark. Cut that, please. <laughs> well, well, because he oh, pro- we got some big McAfee fans listening. To this. <laughs> I can't handle any more hate mail. All these. We're pro Norton here. <laughs> we're Norton guys. <laughs> oh Lord, this is topical. This is too topical for us. <laughs> um, I had four McAfee notifications. It's like, ah, must have been something related to our last podcast. Mm. Michael Langford brought us over some down under virus. <laughs> we got that's some. called chlamydia. <laughs> got some, got some, got some sort of koala chlamydia. <laughs> they they have they carry chlamydia, right? They do. That's why I said that. Uh, koala bears. Koala media. Koala media. And you're not qualified to know about this, but qualified, huh? Funny. Good one. Uh, Enrique said funny. Thank you for acknowledging my humor. Uh, I was trying to think if there's anything else we need to cover before we go into talking about Flotilla. We've played Oath recently. We'll talk about it. We played Democker, which I will mispronounce and call it Diamocker. Diamocker. We have other games we've talked about. We have an upcoming interview with Don Gilstrap. Gilstrap? Who has a Kickstarter coming out about chickens? A gill strap sounds like something Aquaman would use. Your gills are inadequate, so you use something to enhance your gills. Gill strap. Or to restrain them. Your gills your are gills are out of control. Where's your gill strap? Maybe it's something to protect your gill strap, like a jock strap. Don Jill strap. Jill strap. Mm. That's what Jack used. 
I don't know what that means. I don't know, but I laughed. Even though I had no clue what you were saying, you I said just... it and I laughed. <laughs> That's where we're at now, is that you just say something that I think's funny, and, and I automatically laugh. imply enough to it that I go, There's the... <laughs> my brain says, now we throw our, ma- now we throw our heads back and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a a guffaw. Guffaw. So Flotilla. Flotilla the Hun. Flotilla is a game by WizKids Games. We have a love-hate relationship with WizKids. Mostly hate. Mostly hate. They produced a game that we absolutely hate called Star Trek Conflict. I don't rank many games as a one on BGG. But you did that. But Star Trek Conflict, if you if I could rate it less than a one, I would. Absolute garbage. Garbage. So Flotilla, strangely enough, was sent to us. FYI, because I always like to disclose when I Love you, kids. Yeah, it was nice that they sent us <laughs> Appreciate a game. Appreciate it. It was strange that they would send us this game, but they did. Uh, Flotilla is a game by two designers. One of them was the designer of yeah. Reavers of the Midgard, which is the uh, Champions of the Midgard sequel that I have not played. Reavers from uh, Serenity, Firefly. Yes. Uh, your favorite character from Firefly. Uh, I like Alan Tudyk. Just say Alan Tudyk and shut up. No, I liked. Uh, can't remember her name, but his second in command. You know, I don't remember her name either, but I really like that she was the strong female lead that was married to Alec Tudyk. Yes, yes, and I liked the chemistry. That was an interesting chemistry. Alan Tudyk is just an easy go-to because he's the funny guy. I mean, and people just always like the funny guy. And I do, too. Loved him. But I really liked her Why can't I remember as her name? Zoe Washburn. Zoe. That's it. That's it. Gina Torres. Gina Torres. What's she been in since? She's done several things. I don't know what. I'd have to click on her name. Click on her name. Click it. I'll click it. it. Gina Torres. She's been in... Uh, she was in the Matrix Revolutions. I didn't know that. Didn't. Matrix Reloaded. She's been in Suits. The Perfect Find. Don't know it. The Brides. Don't Troubled Waters. Don't know it. Elena of Avalor. Westworld. I have not watched any Westworld. She was in Riverdale, an episode. Mm, not watched that either. Um, she's been busy. She's a working actress, so that's good. I liked her a lot. It must be hard to be an actress. I can't imagine the whole audition process and getting... Trying to break into the business and just getting shut down for either the way you look, the way you sound, like anything. Bid There's ma- a podcast, and I, 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 I think I heard off a comedy bang bang. There's a podcast called Dead Eyes. Yes. 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 So I've listened to Dead Eyes, and it has touched me in a way that I did not thought that McAfee. I, yeah. No. <laughs> What is the deal? Why don't you get that virus taken care of? You got mono. Why is it doing this? He's dead to like, us. Like, please. We need someone to take us in. Please. Show okay. us mercy. Dead eyes. That's the one I was thinking of because Tom, this guy had the part. Yeah. Then Tom Hanks comes in and says, this guy's got dead eyes. Yeah. Like so- he's. It's not going to work. Dead Eyes is a podcast about an actor who had gotten a role in the... Was it Private Ryan? No. It was the Band of Brothers series. Band of Brothers. An amazing series that made so many careers. 
and he had gotten this small speaking role in it. And then the after he'd gotten it, a little while later, his agent calls him back and says that Tom Hanks says you have dead eyes and that they want you to come back in and reread for the part. And he ended up not getting it. Well, this must be soul crushing. Well, this guy makes this podcast talking about just the just being rejected in that business. And he interviews John Hamm, which I, I love John Hamm because I had I had listened to another podcast about John Hamm and his trials of becoming an actor. And when you think of John Hamm. Oh, he's good looking. Got it all. Oh, my God. John Hamm. It's John Hamm. Yeah. He's amazing. He's a madman. But yet, he was not cast in anything because he looked too old for the really? longest time. He actually worked in the porn industry, not as an actor, but as a stagehand for years. Wrap your mind around that. Wow. That he was not good enough for any of these roles. And they kept telling him, if we need somebody to play somebody in the 20s or 30s or 40s, if we ever make a movie like that, we might call you. Nobody ever did until Madman. And now he's John Hamm. So you kind of see how that happens when you have these people who have to suffer rejection, which is what Dead Eyes is all about. It's about suffering rejection and how you deal with it. And the and the actor who got rejected by, you know, one of the greatest actors of our generation. <laughs> That's, I, I just, I couldn't handle that type of rejection. And... Thankfully, you won't ever have to. <laughs> no, because you don't, you don't do anything to get rejected. <laughs> and that's a safe place to be. I applied for just applying for a job. Is it? We've moved on. You applied oh, for a job? I mean, when you do. Oh, you don't. You have a job. No, I'm a truck now. driver. You have a truck driver. <laughs> you say you're a truck driver to a trucking company. You're hired. Ah, you got a truck. You know how to drive? Dime a dozen. Yeah. But in with uh, just talking about rejection. I must think that, like, in board games, and this is what pains me, because I'm about to give a negative review about Flotilla. Not, Flotilla the Hun. Yeah. People put their... I can't hear myself in my headphones. Is that okay? Because should I, I be hearing... I can turn you up. Well, turn me up, because I'd like to hear myself in my headphones. How about now? It's a really loud. Well, <laughs> but no. my voice is a little bit louder. My voice is... is how about now? Intoxicating. Thank you. <laughs> I want to hear myself. Uh, you are one vain person. <laughs> have you seen me? <laughs> yes, you're gorgeous. Quate Brand. Uh, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> no, no. The voice of no, Matthew No, you're no Ryan Gosling. All right, all right, all right. Um, to put your your creative energy into a board game and then people to rag on it must be very hard. People with no talent whatsoever, right. such as myself. Right. but you, you Not even a creative bone in my body. But you have taste, and your taste and discernment tells you that this isn't any good. And But yet you're judging a game based on whatever parameters that are going around in your cerebrum, telling you that you either like this or don't like this because of this, 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 or this. And then to play something that has been so intricately put together by someone with such creative juices, and you go, no. <laughs> I think not. I think not. That's just like, you know, getting fed a meal by Gordon Ramsay and going, this is too salty. <laughs> so in Flotilla, which is by WizKids, which was sent to us, FYI, you are playing in this Waterworlds hashtag Kevin Costner, Yellowstone coming back out, baby. Um, it also has the guy, the doctor off Firefly in it. Oh, the really? Yeah. The dark-headed guy who's mm-hmm. like very generic, but he has yes. piercing eyes. Yes. I don't know what his eyes he doesn't have dead eyes, that's for sure. He has piercing eyes. 
Can't think of his name. I can't even think of his name on Firefly. He was just the young doctor. The doc. I'll tell you, because I still have IMDb pulled up. His name is Sean Maher, Dr. Simon Tam. Does he not have piercing eyes? Look into his he eyes. Does. He, he does. He does. They say the eyes are the window to the soul. He has blue eyes, and he's dark-headed. That's a good combo. I have. If someone is dark-skinned, dark-haired, with bright blue eyes or green eyes, gray eyes, bright eyes... Gorgeous, bright eyes is one of the apes on Planet of the Apes. By the way, no, 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 that's what they called. That's what they called Charlton. Charlton, bright eyes. Bright eyes. But if you have dark eyes, I mean, bright eyes and dark skin, friggin' gorgeous. That, that you know that uh, National Geographic picture. It's yes. like that girl with the green eyes. Yes, and it's on like one of the most iconic pictures ever because she has bright eyes, dark skin. Absolutely freaking lutely gorgeous, just like Simon Tam, aka Sean Mayer. That's how uh, shallow we are here at the board game stops. <laughs> if your eyes are a certain color and you're tan enough, that's why Megan Fox was so attractive back in the day because she had bright blue eyes and she was super tan. If you just need a tan, Jerry, I you've got the blue don't eyes. Like my eyes are hazel, emerald green. Oh, I don't like Megan Fox. I don't and know her not, personally. It's not, yeah, I think it's because she comes across as being like... She's she, with Machine Gun not, Kelly now. Like she... Know, Enrique, yeah. you're a millennial. You're of that elk. Megan, no, he's got the Gen Z's. You're the Gen Z's. Yeah, but like... I, Megan, Megan Fox, <laughs> is she attractive? Do you even know who she is? He yes, doesn't know who she yes. is. Megan Fox. Okay. Like, physically, just like features, feature-wise, yes. Okay, fine. No, but like personality do you, know, do you know her not like personality it's the presence she seems just she seems up, how dare you like, judge her upstuck. you're judging her upstuck she seems upstuck <laughs> i agree with this everything this man has said i agree with she seems uptight and yeah. like like she's full of herself but yeah. she's not how do you know she's very down to the earth you don't know this she might be i've she might be i don't know this. i'm very but, i'm very opinionated like, about somebody i don't know but it's just that presence. It, it's just how that is. No. So you're just base. You're judging purely on appearance. Mm. Here's the thing, though. I'm going to use two examples here. Gord head. And I'll use Bubba because Bubba lent this to me. So number one, Megan Fox. From what you see of her, she seems like she's uptight and like she's upstuck. Upstuck. Somebody who I don't think is very attractive, but I find her very attractive because of her personality. And Bubba one time told me. I'm going to quote him that he thought she was like the most attractive woman ever. And it shocked me. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yeah. Emma Stone. And I'm like, Emma Stone. Because of her personality. It's like, oh, yeah. Are you serious? I just guessed that. Emma Stone. Because she has what appears to be a super down to earth, fun, quirky personality. Who does not like Emma Stone? And so it's one of those. And she's, but she's not classically attractive. She kind of got a weird mouth. Her eyes are further apart than what they <laughs> should be. Her eyes are kind of strange. But she is. But she is attractive. I like Emma Stone. And she has a great personality. And if you were... We don't know her. Gobby this Maraca. is from a 360-pound fat, balding man. Fat, balding man. 350 pounds. <laughs> so you let have, me discuss you, you have, this movie star actress. You have Megan Fox presented to you or Emma Stone. Pick one. 
man, I gotta go, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. And it's because she feels like she's just a nice person. You are attracted to her because she's a nice person. She did that lip sync thing that was funny. That was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Megan Fox, you've got to do a lip you've got to get out there and show us your personality. Be more But is that is that okay, so that's a thing though. I think let's judge more women by their looks. (laughs) Let's go ahead and do that. Hey, we can let's call it the Facebook. <laughs> That's let's, what it was let's, based let's on. Let's drop the Hot V. Let's drop the V. Facebook. Facebook. It is hard to be good looking. Trust me. It is. Yeah. I mean, listen, <laughs> Addis. We all know. I'm a married we man. We all know. And people, I'm constantly. There's a reason. You're bombarded. No, but seriously, Quit when you have me emails. when you have. The looks of someone like Megan Fox, just outrageously gorgeous. People judge you. And they just assume that you're going to be a certain type of way. Either you're going to be upstuck or mean or airheaded or can't hold a conversation. And that's just purely based on prejudice. Um like you trying to bring them down to your level because obviously you're not that good looking. So let me bring them down a notch by saying, because they're good looking, they have things handed to them. They don't have to work hard. They get stuff based on this and this and that. But they might be a super great person to be around. So they you- might be freaking hilarious. In your personal life, I'm trying to think of one of the best looking people I know besides you, Jerry. Okay. I mean, I have to go to my wife. I'm okay. sorry. Cliche. Okay. Cliche. Okay. My wife is highly attractive. That's what drew me to her. I'm very superficial. You're very superficial. <laughs> I'm like, hey, she's hot. And back then, I wasn't bad. I had hair, and you, I was skinny. You had hair. I was superficial as well. Was, you had, had hair. some hair. He was skinny. He was slightly taller than her. <laughs> Boom. You could look down and see your toes. <laughs> I could see my toes. Uh, but uh, my wife is very laid back. It's she's important. got a good sense of humor. Asterisk there. Go ahead. <laughs> she's, but she's very easy to talk to. And in every job she's had, she advances because of her customer relation skill. She's easy to talk to. She's very nice to people, blah, blah, blah. But she's an attractive woman. So I've done forgot where I was going with this. I will say this. Uh, I'll, I'll take it a step further from which I think the direction that you were going. Basically, how you view people and how you yes, expect yes, them yes. to act. My asterisk being on good sense of humor. Somebody pointed this out to me once, and this is one of those things that is completely wrecked. Like, I wish somebody hadn't said this, so feel free to skip this because this has completely wrecked my perception of certain words. But when a man says that a woman has a good sense of humor, they mean they laugh at my jokes. When a woman says that a man has a good sense of humor, that means that they're funny. We have two completely different definitions of that phrase. They mean completely different things when you say that could it. very possibly be. Yes, and it's 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 insane but, when you think of it that way. And I just dropped dice everywhere. But when I'm talking about my wife, my wife, my wife, Gina, you know what I don't like? Tell me. Tell me. I don't like it when people say blah blah blah. Me and the wife. I say that. Why is that? I don't like that. I say that because I... Your wife has a name, and her name is Jennifer. I don't want to say my wife's name, because she is more than just a name. 
She's more than the wife. She is more. No, that's like you're just assigning her a label as this is what she is to me. The wife. She is. She is the most important person in my life. How dare you? She is the What am wife. I? She is the wife. I am the podcast host. Yes, you are yes. the host. <laughs> yes. And she is the wife. There shall be none other. My wife, Gina. Yeah. I say I call her by her name, Gina. Which is weird. She has a <laughs> Me and the wife. She has an excellent sense of humor, and I don't say that because she laughs at my jokes. She laughs at her brother's jokes, which are terrible. Your brother's Very jokes suck. They're terrible. You think my jokes are corny? You should hear his. I'm pretty sure that all of Gina's family's jokes <laughs> suck. I've met every, every. But that's the thing. She likes to laugh. She enjoys a good laugh. She's easy to laugh. She's an easy laugh. She's an easy <laughs> laugh. She's exactly the type of people uh, Jerry Seinfeld and she's seeks very, out. And she's highly attractive as well, at least to me. I don't know why you're r- rambling on about that. Because I'd, I'd like to get to whiz kids the flotilla. What are we talking about today? Flotilla. Gina? Let me talk about Flotilla for a moment. Let me do my one-minute preamble about what this game actually is. All right, descri- uh, on our, one of our podcasts previously, we talked about how descri- I said describing things is boring. Yes. Okay. It is. Describing this game is going to be boring, but stay tuned because Jerry's fixing it. I have to do it because the, the, I understand. the people must know. Sometimes, sometimes things that are boring have to be done. Right. Some people. 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 All right, so people description engage. In a long, long time ago, there was a water world starring Kevin Costner. And in water world, you would dive deep beneath the sea, 20,000 leagues underneath it, to find stuff. And you would bring it up, and you would sell that stuff to a flotilla. That's basically what flotilla is. It's an economic game. It's hexagon tile laying, market manipulation, card management, kind of like Concordia a little bit. Where you have a hand of cards, those cards allow you to move your little skiffs around the ocean, dig into a bag, pull out these hexagonal little tiles, place those tiles, and then roll dice to see what type of resources of various colors that you'll pull up. During this game, you're going to be collecting resources on your skiff, delivering back to your base, and then selling them or utilizing them for victory points. The crutch of this game, the crutch, the crux. 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 Q. R-U-X, C-R-U-X, crux, crutch, crotch. Now, are you sure that's... The crotch of this game. The crotch of this game is, is at any point in time, you can say, you know what? I don't want to be a bottom feeder diver anymore. I want to be a topsider. And you could flip your player board over and now be somebody who, instead of going out and collecting resources, you are building out a flotilla with these hexagons and selling resources. The interesting thing about this is you don't have to. This is the the thing that sets this game apart from everything else, is that you can be a diver the entire game, or you can just decide at random, I don't want to dive anymore, I want to build the flotilla. And then you feed off each other. You bringing in resources as a diver will lower the prices that the topsiders will use and buy from the market to help build out the flotilla and back and forth and back and forth. And this happens and you're buying resources and also utilizing those resources to complete victory point uh, requirements on these various tiles. It's a very interesting game. Here's why it doesn't work. And I say, I'll, 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 
Let me back up there a little bit. Let me rewind. It does work. The game is very functional. There's nothing particularly wrong or broken about this game. It actually has a somewhat cult following. A lot of people really like this game. I was shocked by... Not me. ...how long it is and how long it takes for it to actually build up. So, like I said, like in Concordia, you have a hand of cards... You play a card, and you just do what's on that card. It's that simple. And in like Concordia, there's one card that you lay down, and you pick up the rest of your cards and kind of reset and do your thing. And you're just moving skips, diving, rolling dice, and seeing what you get. The thing that holds this game back is that, one, it takes about an hour for it to really heat up. Two, yes, the different stages of the games are not necess- are interlocked by the fact that I can be a topsider and be buying and selling stuff and you can be a diver and be bringing stuff. Yes, that's very cool. It's very interesting how that works. It doesn't really feel like there's a tactical choice there in my opinion. Like it feels like you dive until you've gotten enough resources to be a topsider. And you fulfilled enough victory points, and then you decide, now I'm going to be a topsider. The game feels like there is a path that you must take. But really, the game plays best when one person is diving and the other people are topsiders. You know what I mean? It's like there's this disconnect. Like there should be this symbiotic relationship that this game really thrives off of. But at the same time, it feels somewhat, I don't know, just jointed like not quite not there. there and it's too long in my opinion this game should be about 30 minutes quicker and it doesn't have a wow feeling to it there is a lot of good components in it the components are fine like there's whatever those cardboard that one board was completely warped okay so i mean it's fine it's fine um i agree with you though this needs to be an asymmetrical guy you need to have someone starting off as the water world dude and then someone starting off as a topsider that way you're battling over those resources these uh, the demand supply thing i can knock it down you can push it back up whatever you want to call right. it because until then whatever you do you just all drop it to so, where it's worth nothing so, so and then you go topside because it's worth nothing and you want to build it back up and it's just there's this interesting thing where you have this little radar um, track that when you're diving and you roll dice, when this radar pops up, whatever that wherever your little marker is on the radar, that's what you get or you suffer. And at the beginning of the game, you suffer radiation because the radar level on this game sucks. So when you roll dice, you get the radar thing. It's bad. But when somebody's topsided, they are incentivized to improve the, the, I keep calling radar, I mean sonar, two different things, to improve the sonar so because they get victory points for doing so. And when it does, it moves people's markers down this track. And so now when the divers dive, the sonar symbol on the dice that used to be very hurtful to get now is very beneficial. And now by doing so, they're actually helping themselves by getting this, this, this symbol on the dice. That's interesting. There's that symbiotic relationship. That's how the game should be. But what really happens, and I will give an example in our game. Enrique and I and Gabi played this game. We're all going out. We're all doing our our collecting of resources and diving as we started off. And then instantly Gabi decides, you know what? 
I'm going to be a topsider. And right after that, of course, I'd already collected my resources and I go, I'm going to be a topsider too. So now we're both buying and selling resources, buying resources, trying to build out our little station with our hexagons. While Enrique is still diving and he is, of course, running up the market by selling barrels of resources. Running down the market. He's running down the market and we're running up the market. Back and forth, back and forth. That sounds like it should be interesting. I think the thing with Flotilla, and this is this is a, a caveat I was going to make here later, about how some games work, they're functional. They completely do what they set out to do, but they're just not that interesting. It's kind of like how when you watch a documentary about something, and you've gained knowledge from it, but yet at the end of the day, it's like, that was just not that riveting. It's it. What there was no hook, there was never a feeling of this is neat. Everything worked, but there was no Tiger King moment. Like you think you're going to watch a, sh- a documentary about tigers, and next thing you know, you're neck deep in about the relationships of some guy who's about to go to prison for no trying invincible to- moment. Yeah, there, there. Yeah, there's no moment where it subverts your expectations. Flotilla is a prime example of a game that, to me, has nothing wrong with it. But there's nothing right with it either. There's nothing special about it. It's a fine game. It's functional. But for a game that has so much water, it's very dry to me. That came out of nowhere. (laughs) Uh, This episode brought to you by Weller. This is the second glass of which that has helped this podcast tremendously. Uh, I agree 100%. As we were playing this game, as Enrique was playing this game, there was a point in the game where like, like we were just is this dead. it? We're like, yeah, it's we're, just, we're just like, doing our thing and it's not that exciting. It's like, we're not really into, we're not even interacting with, with each other. We're just, no, doing, it was very low interaction. Like we would, like I would ask Jerry a question. It was like, oh, am I doing this right? And it would, it, my, my voice and everyone else's voice just sounded dead when we were playing this game. But this is my thing. There's plenty of games out there with little to no interaction among the players. But they're still good. I still yeah, enjoy right, them. Right. This game had little to no interaction. I'm building my flotilla. I liked that. I liked that you're building out this, your atoll, Waterworld lingo. Just, but it, was, it just felt dull to me. Yeah. Like I didn't have, the, like Jerry was saying, I didn't have that feeling. Like I was doing anything. It's just like I. There's games, even somewhat uh, basic games like Raiders of the North Sea, Viticulture. Name any uh, uh, any of these games where like there's a point where like, oh yeah, I get what I'm doing. Oh yeah, and. I get this feeling of enjoyment. Never got that with Flotilla. Like we were playing, I'm laying tiles, I'm diving, rolling dice, laying tiles. I was like, and me and Enrique were like, I I just don't care. I just don't care. So like I taught my wife Concordia a while back. The wife. The wife. (laughs) The wife. And my wife, who I've gotten in trouble by describing her as not a board gamer. But either way, she does not. By her? No, by by our listeners. I had, oh, okay. I, had a, I had a strongly worded email from somebody saying, "Why do you say that your wife's not a board gamer, even though she oh, plays board you. games?" So that that allowed me to have a conversation with her, who she says she basically 
of course, comes out with this great line of, I don't choose board games. I would not choose board games as, as my entertainment. Just because I play them does not mean that they are my, I am a board gamer. I thought that was a great line. Does she describe herself? Like, no. what are the hobbies she enjoys? She enjoys nothing but my Raising attention. Raising children. And I'm sorry. Were you about to say something different? I was about to. She enjoys nothing but... clip uh, some of that. Clip that. <laughs> I'm not clipping it's anything. Not, it's not clipped. Um, the uh, Concordia. Concordia is a great example because in Flotilla, you have these cards that tell you what to do. You play a card and you do it. When we played Concordia, I was like, okay... Basically, do what's on the card. This is your objective. Concordia is very light. There's very little interaction. But at the same time, you kind of feel like you are not just expanding out and managing stuff, but you feel like you're accomplishing something. Whereas in Flotilla, the game is too complicated. The, this is, this is, I think this is the hook. This is the thing that I'm, I'm trying to... The, it's too complicated for such basic mechanisms. It has a similar mechanism in the card laying. Like you have a set amount of cards to the, uh, the red Mars, red planet. And, mission- you, and you can buy cards. Right. Is it mission? Red? What is the Mars game? Yeah. Mission red planet. Mission red planet. But I would take mission red planet over this game any day. Mission red planet. You play, you have a set amount of cards, you play them. And then once you've played them, you're done. Your turn's over. Then you take them back up into your hand. This has that same thing. But I love, I don't love Missionary Planet, but I thoroughly liked Missionary Planet the first couple times we played. Flotilla, we do the same thing. It just lacked something. There's some, I don't know, the je ne sais quoi. I don't know what it was. It lacked something. Like Jerry said, it's fine mechanism-wise. There's nothing wrong with the game other than the fact that it lacks Something. This it is just it didn't have any impact between the 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 divers and the topsiders. This is this is this is. And, and, but but that's what I'm saying. There's plenty of games where literally I'm doing my thing, you're doing yours. We have nothing to do with each other, but I still enjoy. It. Welcome to. I'm doing my thing, you're doing yours. What I'm doing has nothing to do with you. Thoroughly enjoy it. There's tons of games like that, especially dry Euros. I'm doing my thing. You're doing yours. Orleans. I'll take Orleans over this guy. This is why I'm appreciative of Flotilla, because it made me think deeply about this topic. What's topic. that? Topic. Topic. It's topical. Topical. You grease it over your integrinary system. What is that screeching noise whenever there's like these sitcoms where everything freezes and it makes that... And then a record scratch. Yeah. You know, like they, they go back and they say, yes. Okay. So flotilla gave me that moment where I realized this is that Zinage Quoi. I didn't say that right. What it is that allows us to play a game. And at some point in time we go, wait a minute, this is it. This is the thing that we like about it. So after examining that, I've realized that there are certain games that when we are playing them, the game has set out these rules that we must follow. You must do this, 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 this. And this is what we're all trying to do. But there's one little thing that kind of sidetracks you just a little bit that makes it difficult. Or it it, it sidesteps the rules just just a tad. Just enough to where now you ha- you're trying to game this one system. And that makes it interesting. 
For instance, uh, one of my favorite games, The Godfather, where the game is about collecting money. It's about utilizing money and getting these resources and so forth and so on. But the best rule in that game is you have to bank things. You have to figure out how to launder money and put actual money into your little suitcase, into your little bank. And that's the money that scores at the end of the game. That one rule completely changes the game from being just a mundane worker placement to now something that not only are you fighting other players, but you're fighting yourself. Right. The same thing is true with McCaffrey. McAfee. Listen, we're talking here. He don't care. Oh, another another one. There's always another. three. Norton wouldn't do this. Hold on, to you. hold on. Is this it? That. That's that sound that when you're playing a board game, when something happens and you go, wait a minute, this is the thing that I have to focus on. This is the... <laughs> oh, we got a little crazy with it. This is the thing that you have to monitor that will lead you to victory. Kind of like Lorenzo. Lorenzo has that. It's not just a simple work replacement. It's, right. okay, you can't put a meeple in this tower if there's already one there without... If it matches, you know, if there's another player there, it completely restricts you. Yes. Or, you know, you can use this one meeple, but you have to pay money and it's worth nothing. Or Marco Polo. Or Marco Polo. Uh, I can place my dice there as well, but I got to pay coins now. Yes. Every great game has this one caveat rule that's off to the side that changes it. And this is why Reiner Knizia, all of his games Mm -hmm. have that one thing. High society. Every single one of them has this one thing. Flotilla didn't have that. Even when in Concordia, Concordia has that because it's like if another player has built here, it costs mm-hmm. you a little bit more. Oh, yeah. you need to buy these cards, these cards that you use. Power Grid. Yeah, Power Grid. All of them. All the great games. That's same games. All of the, all the great games. All the great games have that one thing that says you're fighting against other players. But also, this one rule here, the only enemy is yourself. You could play Godfather and have all the money in the world, but if you have not managed it and placed that money in your suitcase, you're to blame. Nobody else can affect that. That's just you. Thine own self is thine own enemy. In Concordia, you can go out and expand all you want, but if you're not buying those cards, you are your own enemy. So I think what I'm trying to say is that all the best games... Not only are you playing the other players, you're, you're playing, playing yourself. yourself. DJ Khaled, hashtag RIP. Is he dead? No. <laughs> He's not dead? No. I keep a list of rappers who have died, and I thought he was on it. No, he's he's alive. Kintashi He's 6'9"? more of a DJ. He's, he's not a rapper, 6'9"? really. Is he alive? He's in, is he in jail still? I don't know. He's a snitch. You know what happens to snitches? They get, s- what? Stitches. Yeah. That's yeah. right, Enrique. Enrique knows the lady. Would go. you ever snitch on us? No. Right now, tell me. No. Okay. I believe well, you. Well, what do you have to snitch on? Shh. Don't bait him like that. <laughs> well, tell me something about the board game snobs you shouldn't say, Enrique. Not <laughs> sure. Exactly. There you go. You, you win. All right, that's going to do it for this episode dealing with Flotilla the Hun. This is Gabby, and bye. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy.